So something that my parents did not realize when their son enters the seminary is they inherit the entire seminary. My parents, I grew up in a very hospitable home, so everyone was coming over, family, extended family, all the time. And my aunt and uncle had it perfectly timed for dessert. They came at every, every, every uh, Sunday night, they would just nail dessert time after dinner. But because of the hospitality that I grew up in, I just invited all the seminarians to my house. Going through IHM Seminary, growing up in Rochester, it's only an hour drive. So we would just jump in a 15-passenger van that one of the guys had from his huge family, and we would drive over to Rochester and do a cookout on the grill. And we would just be a hospitable evening, hospitable evening. Today, this story with Martha and Mary, it goes and it hits all of us differently for throughout the centuries of the written word. Throughout the centuries, because hospitality is something that we want to do, right? I grew up in a house that like being hospitable was like the goal, was the virtuous thing. And Jesus is almost flipping that on side of its head. So what is Jesus getting at today? Jesus, first off, Mary, what is Mary doing? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Who is Jesus? The Son of God. What's not going to be taken from her? Listening to the love that the Son of God has for her and humanity. That can't be taken from her. Martha's question to Jesus, why don't you ask her to help me? And Jesus doesn't actually say, like, the serving, like, yeah, you know, you should go help your sister because of the serving. He says, you're worried and anxious about many things, not just the fact that I'm here in your house, but many things, more than just serving. Mary is resting at the foot of Jesus, not anxious, not worrying. Martha is in the kitchen, worrying and anxious. If God is good and he's our loving father, do you think he wants us to run around this life anxious and worried? about many things or do we enter into the mystery of Jesus today and sit at his feet and receive his love to go about the many things that we're anxious and worried about it's because of the love that we move in the direction of taking care of the things we're anxious and worried about but knowing ultimately that God has the final say. In our marriage, this is the beautiful part about the sacrament of marriage, is Jesus takes what's natural and makes it sacramental, which means what? Living with your spouse is salvific, getting you to heaven, working the ups and downs, being anxious and worried about the kids it helps us to pursue that 
to pursue those goods, but it's to be rooted first in the Father's love for us and care for us. It's even crazier about the scriptures that were uh, that are here for the Sunday is Paul's letter to the Colossians. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake in my flesh. I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. What is lacking in the crucifix? What is lacking in Jesus' suffering? That's a mystery of a question. But our suffering, what Paul is saying to us, united to Jesus' suffering, is also salvific. Is also to pray for those who have no one to pray for them. For the family members who have gone astray, to pray for them. To unite our sufferings to the perfect one, to Jesus. It is he whom I proclaim, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone all the wisdom that may present everyone perfect in Christ. How fitting it is that every weekend we come around a table. And not just any table, but an altar. A play on words. Alter alters me. Every Sunday we come here to be renewed with Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity in his Eucharist. To be renewed, to go back out into a world that is anxious and worried about many things. But it's the simple law of exposure. What am I exposed to? I will become like. If I watch a lot of news, I will become like the news and the world. If I spend time in adoration, I will become like Jesus. If I spend time with scripture, I will become like Jesus. The last conflict that happens inside of us, there's a lot of them, but this last one I'm gonna talk about. What happens when my experience of life says that God is not love. God does not love me. God cannot love me. He cannot be love. What do we do? We take scripture's word for it. We take Jesus's word for it. Every crucifix says, yes, that's what we did in our sin to God himself. That's what I do in my sin to God himself. But so much more importantly, that's what God does for us. God does for us. Not because we merited it. I have a charism of tearing up when I preach. Anyways. But because he loves us. Every crucifix says that we're loved. 
Every Eucharist celebration says that we're loved. And it's to humble my experience of my own life into truth himself. Yeah, Jesus. To say, I am loved and I'm lovable. And I'm worth the death of his only son. Today, as we gather around this table to receive Jesus, our Savior, let's just thank God that he is love and that he has called us to that same love. To stay in his embrace, to go and take care of a world that is anxious and worried about many things. But thank God for that gift of faith so that we can persevere in that world in the Father's arms, in the Father's love, so that we can change a world for the better. If we're united to God, we can change the world in ways we can't even imagine. If not, we're kind of on our own. But staying at the feet of Jesus and then going out is why Mary today, there's only one thing, and Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. What did Mary choose? To stay with Jesus, to be present with Jesus.